peace of the Lord is upon my business. The Bible says, Grace shall be the peace of your children. So why don't you declare today and say, The peace of the Lord is upon my children. The peace of the Lord. The peace of the Lord. Somebody who joined this service today, maybe with a bit of worry and anxiety, a little bit agitated, will you declare peace upon your heart right now? Receive this ministration. And just appropriate the peace of God upon you. Just appropriate the peace of God upon you. Somebody, you need to appropriate that peace upon your body. Maybe your body has been behaving funny. There's a time for you to appropriate the peace of God. Speak peace over that organ in your body. Somebody, you need to speak peace over your blood pressure right now. Because it has to normalize this week. The hand of God is upon you. 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 His favor is upon you. Wave your hands to him today. Everyone joining online, appropriate the peace of God over yourself, over your home, wherever you are joining this service from. The peace of God is right with you where you are. The peace of God is right with you where you are. I speak to somebody uh, today. It looks like your mind is malfunctioning. It looks like you're losing control of your thought pattern and your thought process. And I speak peace over you today and I decree and declare that your mind is restored. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command the peace of God to envelope you right now. Over your life, we enforce shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Next, one more, one more person here today that I need to speak the peace of God over you. It's like you cannot function without our substance. Where the peace of the Lord is, you don't need a substance to function. Glory to God. God is transforming somebody's life right now. Right now. I don't know who you are, but God knows you, whether you are right in, the, in this room or you are online. If you will cooperate with God right now, that struggle will become a thing of, uh, will come to an end right now, right now, right now. Everyone in this room, lift your two hands. Let, let, let's, let's just stand in agreement of faith with that person. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we stand in agreement of faith right now. We break the hold of that substance over your life. And we decree right now that your mind is restored, that addiction is broken, and you walk free now in the name of Jesus. We enforce the peace of God over your life right now. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, makes you whole. Now in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, everlasting Father. We bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name. Somebody go ahead, celebrate Jesus right now. Celebrate Jesus right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you blessed to be here today? We want to welcome everyone joining us online. I wanted to take distractions away from you and get ready to be blessed by God's word. Uh, invite somebody, share the link. Uh, whatever platform you are on, share the link. Just let somebody know uh, it's time to join us. Uh, Tech Global Service is on online. Join us everywhere, from everywhere. Share the link with a friend. Uh, let them be a part of this service. Wasn't that a powerful rendition? 
by Ife and the Elevation Place of Praise. Can we please appreciate them? Thank you, guys. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Prophesying over us today. What a beautiful way uh, to step into this time of teaching. We have been on the teaching series that we have tagged, I shall not want. I shall not want. And because we're stepping into a teaching weekend, which, uh, you know, which uh, in uh, uh, usual manner we get into a lot of, you know, back-to-back teachings, we want to attempt to wrap up this series today uh, as we get into the teaching weekend for Tizo starts on Friday. Wherever you are hearing the sound of my voice, if you haven't been in physical gathering in a while and you are online, maybe Fortizo will create a good opportunity for you to just come and relish the word of God over this weekend and just sit in and just hear the word and soak your spirit afresh. The theme is the spirit of prophecy. If there's a time to know the mind of God and consistently walk in his divine direction, this is the time. Not every child of God is a prophet, but every child of God must be prophetic in his disposition. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And you can't be more prophetic than that. Yeah. Or you, can't, you shouldn't be less prophetic than that, if I can put it that way. And that's what this weekend is all about. Starting from Friday, I want to invite you to be a part of it. I believe God will speak to you. God will ignite a spirit within somebody, somebody who's been cut off from revelation knowledge, cut off from the ability to pick signals from heaven. Uh, You will be connected. Oh, say better, amen. Yeah. Uh, And I believe God will speak specific words to specific people here. Uh, We'll see you know, the Spirit of God in manifestation. So join us this Friday. Um, we've announced this over and again, but it's just very funny how some people, you know, like the story of Mary and Martha, yeah, they will still find something to do this weekend and not bother to be a part of Fortizo. And then when things are going topsy-turvy, you are querying God. Yeah, when you're supposed to take hold with him, to understand him, so you can maximize your relationship with him. What investment have you made this year in your own personal spiritual development? That if heaven hears about it, they will salute you that you tried. Yeah, and if you cannot sit under, you know, a teaching weekend like this with specific teachings coming to you left, right, and center, what then, what kind of investment do you want to really make? And for some people who are out of the city and all that, the best investment you can make in your spiritual development over this weekend is to sit online and get connected. Be a part of this teaching weekend. It promises to be a mind-transforming, you know, life-transforming experience. Uh, and I, I want you to be a part of it. So we attempt to, to, to end this teaching series this weekend so we can get to Fortizo with a clear head. Glo- glory be to God. I said, glory be to God. Tell your neighbor for me against you, I shall not warn. I'll say it one more time, say, I shall not warn. Psalm 23 and verse number one, which is the anchor scripture for this series, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not warn. This psalm and this first verse of Psalm 23 connotes that God is interested in the affairs of my life. And one of the ways he's interested is that he wants to meet me at every point of need. That's the way God works with you and I 
that is like on time supply. God wants to meet me at every point of need. And we, you know, have taught over and again about the need for you and I to open up our hearts to walk with God and see him as our shepherd. But this series will not be complete or balanced if we don't address our part in that arrangement. Because when God starts to move, when God starts to bless somebody, there's a need for you to be able to master money. For some people, when it looks like God is delaying, and it's always on time though, because the times of your lives are in his hand. When it looks like he's delaying, how do you cope without also querying God because of your lack of ability to master money and master resources? And when we talk about mastering money, which is what I'm teaching on today, it's not just about knowing how to handle money. It's mastering all the emotion that surrounds the supply of resources or the lack of resources. Yeah. Because if you don't master it, it can put you in the wrong place. Let's start out today from Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, I'll read from the Amplified uh, Version of the Bible. Matthew chapter 6 from verse 24. Mastering money. Mastering money. As we wrap up on this teaching series, I shall not want. I want to one more time today. Let me prophesy over your neighbor. Say, you shall not want. Or say one more time, say you, I mean you, you shall not want. <laughs> Everyone online, I want you to personalize it and go into the comment or chat and personalize it and say, I shall not want. Write it there. Everyone online, I shall not want. Glory be to God. And as you go into this week, God will prompt your heart. You'll pick some uh, little bit of snippets from this message. If you're on social media, post it and hashtag it, I shall not want. Yeah. And if you can tag me, tag me. If you're on Twitter, I'll retweet you. Maybe that will get you some followers. <laughs> Praise God. That's just a joke. All right. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, amplified uh, version. It says, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. In bracket, it says money, possession, fame, status, or whatever is, is valued more than the Lord. That's that. All that in bracket is mammon that we're talking about. And in verse 25, it says, Therefore, I tell you, stop being worried or anxious. These are the emotions that are around the flow of resources. Yeah, all these emotions surrounding the flow of resources, worry and anxiety. So stop being worried or anxious, perpetually uneasy, distracted about your life as to what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body as to what you will wear. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the hair. They neither sow seed in bracket, nor reap the harvest, nor gather the crops into bands, 
Yet your heavenly father keeps feeding them. Are you not what much more than they? And who of you, by worrying, can add one hour to the length of his life? Worry does not manufacture anything. It doesn't produce nothing. That's what the scripture is saying. It's just an emotion that is very limiting. It limits your capacity for action. It limits your capacity to think. It stops you sometimes from aspiration when you are overbordered and overworried and, uh, and sometimes starts to affect the health of your body. So who is losing from mismanaging the emotions around money? When we mismanage the emotions around money, we start to lose, and uh, it looks like the devil is working, but this time around, maybe it's not the devil. Maybe it's you that needs to be calming down. Tell your neighbor, say, brother or sister, be calming down. <laughs> the glory be to Jesus. We blame the devil most, most often for things that are under our own control. Yeah, the devil cannot keep me from lying down on my bed. I bought my bed. Let me see whether sleep will come or not. But me, I will lie down. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. The devil is not in control of my legs. So all this one that you're pacing all over the place, and you're seeing dollar on the, on the ceiling, and you're, you know, just thinking because there's maybe some need or something. The devil is not the one doing that. If the devil was the one doing that, he won't say, here, take no thought for yourself. We are the one taking the thought. Yeah, it's not the devil. I'm the one that should wake up in the morning and tell myself, I, I enforce the peace of God over my life today. This is a good day, the day that the Lord has made. The devil has no part or portion in today. God is still alive and well, working everything together for my good. It's my Jehovah Jireh. It's my shepherd, and I shall not want. When I speak to myself like that, I take control of all these negative emotions that make me feel like I'm in the wrong place at the right time. Some people just feel, um, whatever nation you're watching us from, but even from here in Nigeria, some people just, I'm just in the wrong place. I'm just in the wrong place. No, you are not. But you have the wrong emotion. Yeah. And you need to deal with it. You need to deal with it. It's not about where you are. It's not, it's not even about where you are working. It's about what's going on on the inside of you. Are you still with me today? Glory be to Jesus. Yeah, so it says in, in verse 28, and why are you worried about clothes? See how the lilies and, and white flowers of the field grow. They, they do not labor, nor do they spin. Spin wool to make clothes. Yet, I say to you, uh, uh, that not even Solomon in his glory and splendor dressed himself like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is alive and green today, and tomorrow is cut down and thrown as well into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. And it goes on, it says, therefore, do not worry or be anxious, perpetually uneasy and distracted, saying, uh, what are we going to eat? Or what are we going to drink? Or what are we going to wear? 
for the pagans, the unbelievers, the Gentiles, the people who don't know God, who have no covenant with God, who cannot call him their shepherd. These are the things. The eagerly seek all these things. So, but do not worry. For your heavenly father knows that you need them. But first, and most importantly, seek Hamath, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness. His way of doing and being right. The attitude and character of God. Because when we say seek first the kingdom of God, some people think uh, as much as it's good to preach around and, uh, you know, always be in church and all that. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> that's not the kingdom of God. That's part of the kingdom, but that's not what it means. It's to seek God's way of doing things. It's to seek to live based on the principles of the kingdom. It's to seek divine alignment with God's operating system. That's what it means to seek the kingdom of God. God's way of doing things. Not my own way of doing things. I mean, for instance, God's way of doing things says you have to be humble to be promoted. The word way of doing things says you bugai yourself and then everybody will recognize you. That's what it means. I mean, be proud. Let your shoulders be high. You enter into a place like this, harass everybody, command them around, then they will respect you. No. Bible says God receives the proud and gives more grace to the humble. That's God's way of doing things. And it says there's he that scatters and yet increase. And they say that we told more than it's necessary and tends to poverty. Yeah. That's God's way of doing things. It's different from the worst way of doing things. It's different. And that's what it means to seek the kingdom. To align your values with the values of God. That's what, means, what it means to seek the kingdom of God. Yeah. It's not just going to church. It's not just speaking in tongues. All those things are good. But if they are not moving you closer to God's values, it's religion. Are you hearing me right now? Somebody sit here. Somebody sit there online. Yeah. It's religion. Glory be to Jesus. Let's dig into this a little more today. Let's dig into this a little more. All right, so there are three facts about your Christianity and money. Three facts about your Christianity and money. One, money is not the essence of your salvation. <laughs> money is not the essence of our salvation. Many Christians have missed it up. Maybe when you got saved, they said, God will prosper you. And God really wants to prosper us. But the reason why he got me saved is not because he wants to make me wealthy. It's because he wants to make me his son. It's by being his son that I enjoy his status. So wealth is not an end in itself. It is to make me exercise sonship. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. And many believers today are not interested in sonship. They are interested in money. <laughs> Can I say that one more time so that you will sing? So many believers today are not interested in sonship. They are interested in money. That's why when somebody loses a contract or lost a job, they will stop coming to church. Because God is no longer faithful. Yeah. Because this whole arrangement is about your welfare. <laughs> yeah. So when we say the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So people are still interpreting it that God is my welfare package. Yeah. <laughs> no. You have to accept him as your shepherd before you will not want. Yeah. 
And there's, the, there's the, an arrangement between the shepherd and the sheep that requires submission to the direction of the shepherd. That's why I said, his rod and his staff, they comfort me in the right direction. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying today. So money is not the essence of your salvation. Mark chapter 8 and verse 36 says, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Money is not the essence of my salvation. It is that my soul is preserved as a child of God and that I'm eternally relevant in his agenda and I can be with him in eternity. Yeah. Though he wants me to live a good life here also. But I, I, can, I can so focus on this good life that I will forget eternity. Glory be to God. So our vocation empowers us with resources that we need to fulfill our destiny, but our life is not about our vocation. And many people patronize money over their relationship with God. And that is one of the things that we need to start to work around. Secondly, is that God is more interested in your spiritual maturity than your affluence. Yeah. God is more interested in my spiritual maturity than my affluence. These are not, you know, popular things that you hear all the time. What you hear most of the time is that God just wants you to be rich and wealthy. No. God is more interested in my spiritual maturity than my affluence. And I know somebody will be saying to himself or herself right now, who wants to justify something to say, eh, but won't God be happier if I'm, I'm, I'm rich and I'm still mature? Yes. The only problem is that many people don't focus on the maturity and the spiritual development. They focus on the money. Let's call it what it is. Yeah. On the money. Ephesians 5, when you read from verse 25 down to uh, 27 there, it was saying, husbands love your wife as Christ also loved the church that he gave himself for her. Husband, love, love, love your wife uh, as Christ loved the church that he gave himself for her, that he may, yeah, verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, that he may present her to himself. I love the Passion Translation. Said that he may present her to himself mature, mature, mature. So this one says, a church without having a wrinkle or blemish, you know, and all those things, which is holy and without blame. Uh, uh, the, the, you know, the, the personal translation, uh, where is it? It says, yeah, yeah, to make us mature, a mature church for his pleasure. Yeah, until we become a source of praise to him. Mature church for his pleasure. God is more interested in my maturity than my affluence. In the, as, as, it, that's his own focus. So I cannot just focus on what is not God's primary focus and will be in alignment. No, we won't be in alignment. Thirdly, life is not all about making money, but money is a tool for the fulfillment of your calling and your destiny. So we will never shy away from the fact that money is a tool. Money is a tool for the fulfillment of our destinies. Money is a tool. But my life is not about the tool. The tool is an enabler. 
Are you still with me today? The tool is an enabler. That is not the life itself. The tool enables me to live, fulfill my calling, my destiny. But the, the tool is not my life. That's why in, in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24 that we read earlier on, Jesus was speaking there. He said, no one can serve two masters. It's either you will hate the one and love the other, or else you will be loyal to the one and despise the other, but you cannot serve God and mammon. You see, Jesus was speaking here, and if you want to break this down a little bit, please follow me. It, I guess it could have been more appropriate for Jesus to say, you can't serve God and Satan. Am I saying the truth? Because in most of our minds, we feel the opposite of God is the devil. So if you are comparing who is taking people away from God, or who is the alternative to God, who should it be? I cannot hear you. Devil, all right, or Satan. But here, Jesus said, you cannot serve God and mammon. And you know in the Amplified translation that I read before, he put it there, money, uh, possession, fame, and all those things. So it presupposes that the real issue in this world is not the devil. It is our ability to master money, affluence, fame, popularity, and all those things, because those are the things that really take us away from God. Are you still with me today? Yeah. They create a connection, a powerful connection with the devil, such that when you love those things too much, the devil will have you. Yeah. For a child of God, the devil doesn't have the power to come to you like that directly and just be harassing you. It is certain things that we use to open the door for him. Yeah, that's why the Bible says that the love of money, the root, the connection, what opens the door, the root, root sucks things from the ground. Am I saying the truth? The love of money is the root of all evil. Evil doesn't come until I mismanage my emotions about money. I mismanage my understanding of money or I have a wrong understanding or, uh, you know, the wrong ideology about money. That's why he said you cannot serve God and mammon. So if I, uh, the, the alternative really to God, what takes us away from God is, is the love of money. And mismanaging our emotions around money will take you far from God even before the devil woke up in the morning. Yeah, you are already far. Even the devil will be looking for you to catch up with you. Yeah. Glory be to Jesus. I said glory be to Jesus. So the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 19 that money answers all things. In Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 12 it says money is a defense. The big part there. So Money answers all things, and money is a defense. It presupposes that I need money as a tool to fulfill my destiny. 
but please not control me. So I then need to be able to master money since I need it to be who God has created me to be and to live a good life. The only problem, like I said, is that many people have yielded their life solely to money and money is now controlling them. So the idea of gaining mastery over money is a subject that we will continue to talk about until Jesus comes. Because we need to keep reminding ourselves. Yeah. Keep reminding ourselves. And let me describe something to you. Who's the keyboardist around here? Keyboardist, quickly. Michael, who is around? Okay, anybody, come. Somebody who can play something. Who can play a tune? Leave Michael alone. Anybody that can play a tune? I don't have much time. Yeah. Anybody at all? You can play anything on keyboard. Come up. Yeah. Michael, when God is looking for you, <laughs> you will not be missing in Jesus' name. Yeah. All right. Michael, mesmerize us. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah. You enjoyed it, right? Step aside, step aside. for encouraging me. I know you didn't understand anything I was playing. And you couldn't have been dancing to that like I was dancing to Michael. The point I'm trying to make is this. For you to make the best of anything, you have to master it. Yeah. So for you to make the best out of any tool, you must master it first. If money is a tool, for the fulfillment of my destiny, I need to be able to master it if I will make the best of it. Many people's lives are messed up right now because they have refused to learn to master money and master the emotions around money. So their life is singing a discordant tone. It's everywhere, scattered. Yeah, marriage is being messed up. Business partnerships messed up because of Relationship with God, gone for some people. They're professing Christian, but they know if Jesus should arrive now. Yeah. A screensaver will not be good. You understand what I'm saying? Some people just be saying fire, burning. <laughs> because of fear. Because of what they've, how they've been messed up because of money and the emotions around it and what it has made them to become, what, what money has turned them to. That's why you should listen to this. Yeah, that's why you should listen to this. Let's look at hindrances to mastering money. This is very important. Hindrances to mastering money. We want to talk about those emotions around, around money. One is greed, greed, greed. Greed. Until you deal with greed, you cannot master money. 
and the emotions that surround it. And the Holy Spirit wants to open somebody up today to start to master money by dealing with your greed. Selfishness, the unsatiable desire for more and covetousness are the root of greed. Those are the things at the root of greed. In Mark chapter 10, when you read from verse 20, or even before then, uh, in Mark chapter 10, Jesus had an encounter with a young guy. And this guy came to meet Jesus to say, Master, what can I do that I may gain eternal life? This was not a parable. This was real life. All right? So Jesus was not trying to, uh, to prove a point by a, with, with parable, like, you know, explaining something. No, this one happened life. Yeah. What can I do that I may... Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Verse 18 of Mark chapter 10. So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? None is good but God. That is, that is good. Verse 19. You know the commandment. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. All those things. All everything in Deuteronomy chapter 5 and all that. And Exodus, you know, all the laws. Yeah. Do not steal. Do not defraud. Verse 20. And he answered and said to him, teacher, these things I've kept from my youth. So obviously, this guy was very religious. Yeah, very religious in Judaism. Great guy. The only thing is that you can be in church forever and still not be able to master money. Yeah. Because in that department of piety and uh, holiness, you are okay. But the moment something happens to your money, everyone will fall. Yeah, you know there are some people like that. If we're speaking in tongues together, it's okay. But if I see your hand there, this tongue will disappear now. I will speak your native language to you. <laughs> That's how some people are. Yeah, if we're worshiping God together, it's okay. But as we're worshiping, I'm watching you. If I see your hand around my money, you'll just see me bring out gone. Yeah. That's how some people are. They don't joke with their money. Yeah. Don't joke with their money. The moment... Jesus touched money with this guy. Look at that. He answered him and said, all this I've kept from my youth. Then Jesus looked at him and said, and loved him. He actually loved him. It was because he loved him that he was trying to help him address the one issue that he will hold his life away from God. And said to him, one thing you lack, go your way. Sell whatever you have. Give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And come and take up your cross and follow me. That was below the belt. The guy looked, ah, master, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. Jesus gave this guy a blank check to come and follow him. Some people came to meet Jesus in his earthly ministry and said, we want to be your disciple. He said, no. Go. This one, Jesus invited him. Because he loved him. The guy was good. The only thing was that greed had cornered his neck like this. Yeah. And Jesus saw that thing around his neck. He said, ah, we have to remove this thing before you can follow me. Yeah. Prove that money does not control your life. Let go of what you have and then come. And the Bible says, but he was sad at this word 
and went away sorrowful, for he had great possession. Yeah. The last phrase there, you can turn it around to say, he was sad at this word, because great possessions had him down. He didn't have great possessions, great possessions had him. And held him down from following Jesus. And you can imagine, you fast forward to eternity, Let's say, let's, let, let, I mean, let's say eventually this guy made, made it to heaven and then saw people like Apostle Peter who said, we have left all to follow you. See them sitting, you know, on the throne and, you know, just being around Jesus. Maybe this guy's watching from somewhere and will now remember, ah, it is that 200 million, no, that didn't allow me to be here. Now, where's the 200 million now? Or that house, yeah, in the Quad Atlantic, you know some people, if they just promise them something like this. Just promise them. They are not even giving them. Like Judas. They only promise Judas. Is it 30 shekels of silver or something? Yeah. And betray Jesus. Some people are betraying their wives. Betraying husband. Betraying employer. Betraying everybody every day. It's Jesus that is waiting for you now. <laughs> Invariably, you have betrayed him, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was having a conversation with Pastor David earlier in the week. And I was just sharing with him about, you know, why, for instance, the difference between Peter, the Apostle Peter, and Judas, they were all disciples of Jesus. One's problem, you see, when your problem is not money, you don't have issue with God, though. Because money, according to Jesus, is the one thing that God is looking at like this and say, if this thing will take you away from me or not. Peter denied Jesus because of fear of being lynched. Judas betrayed Jesus because of love of money. The one that money was not involved, Jesus prayed for him. He called the Peter, the devil has had to sift you as wheat. He wants to shred you. But I prayed for you that your faith will not fail. Because money is not involved, you have not traded your soul against God, prayer can still be answered over you. But the other one who willingly submitted his soul, many people today, even people that you celebrate as billionaires, important people of this world, they have submitted their soul to the devil because of money. Do unthinkable things because of money. They are the most celebrated in our world today because the world is configured to work like that. But the kingdom doesn't work like that. This world is opposite the values of God's kingdom. And when you live in a place, a metropolis, a big city like Lagos, yeah, the headquarters of vanity in Nigeria. And when you now live at the head office of the headquarters, like this, the Highland. You have to be extra careful that your values are not turned upside down. Yeah. Because this is the kind of place that, I mean, people whose life has been overtaken by greed here. Yeah. They judge you, they rate you by the car that you drive. Yeah. You know? 
you get into a place, this kind of jacket I'm wearing now, they want to check it to say, is it Taylor Laurent? <laughs> or, or what is said? <laughs> What's the name of your designer? Or Gucci? Who cares? I'm not saying you don't wear designer, but what's your motive? Yeah. Is it just to prove a point? Points that angels don't recognize. You think the devil knows Gucci? Okay. You know, when demons come, they don't excuse Gucci wearers. I just need somebody to understand this. All this force about money. Clear your motive. What's your motivation? Is it greed? Greed said, get all you can and can it. And then sit on the can. So that nobody can access it. Yeah. And if we are stingy towards God, stingy towards other human beings, even people are crying like this, we look away. Yeah. I don't have, I don't have. If today I have, if I really have, I will be of help. <laughs> and angels are looking at your bank account like this. And they're looking at you. Oh God, you don't have. <laughs> and you know. But it's greed. It's greed. is enough? That's the question we should ask our politicians. That's the question we should ask the people who are destroying corporate Nigeria. How much is enough? You are a billionaire already. You are still cornering everything and destroying small businesses. How much is enough? When is the madness going to end? That's a question that we need to confront ourselves with. We should ask pastors. We should ask politicians. We should ask, you know, owners of big corporations, banks, all those things. We should ask heads of government parastatus. How much is enough? Because there's nobody that's been dead before. They now carry the casket. You know, you now see, as they're going to bury the person, you now see one trailer of dollars that they will bury with the person so that the person can have money to spend in heaven. Yeah. Because until we ask these questions, we ourselves will be swayed by everything around this, you know, the issue of money to the point that we misunderstand and misrepresent our faith. Greedy people use others and God to get things. Loving people use things to bless others. Yeah. Greedy people use others to get things. Yeah. Many people, you're already throwing your colleagues at work under the bus. Yeah. Like Judas. 
by betraying them for promotion. For, and you think Jesus will wait for you? He has gone. Yeah, he won't wait for you <laughs> with all that. So some people can be, still be Christians in Christianese, but they're not really, they don't have a relationship with God again. And that's why we need to check ourselves. The second thing that keeps people away from mastering money is desperation. Desperation. It's brought about by covetousness, envy, and unhealthy comparison. And opens the door, the doorway to corruption. And people are desperate. And this season is when many people are really desperate for money. Desperate. God wants us to seek him, not seek money. Seek his ways, seek his values. He says he will supply what you need. People judge God unfaithful because they see other people appearing more prosperous. How do you judge God based on what your neighbor has? That's covetousness. It's covetousness. So the temptation of Jesus, for instance, was a demonstration of mastery. Matthew chapter 4. Jesus was tempted to please himself. If you are the son of God, turn the stone to bread. I think verse 5 or 6 of Matthew chapter 4. Turn this stone to bread. Please yourself. He said, no, man shall not live by bread alone. Popularity. Go on the high mountain. Jump down so everybody will see you. And they know you have power. He said, no. And he said, all the kingdom took him to the pinnacle of the temple. All the kingdoms of this world I'll give you if you bow down and worship me. It presupposes that the devil was not lying. The devil actually gives money. Yeah. You can either work with God's principles and build wealth or, or work with the devil and you'll be stupendously wealthy. Jesus did not say in Matthew chapter 4 when the devil says all the kingdom of this world and his glory, his wealth, I'll give to you that you are lying, you don't have it. No, he, he does. He, he has it. He could have given him but he demanded worship. Yeah, and Jesus said, no, you shall worship no other God. You won't worship money. And that's how he demonstrated to us as his disciples, as Christians, that this is the standard. That we also need to be able to master money, the emotions around it, so we can deal with our desperations. Stop being overcareful about people who don't care about you. You want to please people. Desperate to be, you know, to be seen on social media. Desperate to be seen as making a headway in life. Desperate to join the Joneses and be part of the big boys. You want to join the big boys. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. You know this song. Yeah. You want to join the big boys. And you see, when people listen to those things, something will tell you too. Somebody can be a big boy too and do what the big boys do. That's how to wrap this up. I need to talk about this, this, this other two things. Signs that money is your God. One is that the also has got you and you can't rest because of money. Last week or so I was talking about the commandments. 
One of them is the Sabbath. Only slaves walk without rest. When Israel was taken out of slavery, God made Sabbath a law and says, whoever does not rest, they should stone the person to death. It's of no use. The person has continued to remain in slavery. But today, we have people that don't know Saturday or Sunday or Monday, every day is the same because of money. Yeah, every day is the same. You are in perpetual slavery if you can't rest because of money. Yeah. God demonstrated to all of us the importance of rest in the creation of, you know, the world. Worked for six days and rested on the seventh. And then created man on the sixth day. So the man's first day on earth was God's Sabbath. The first experience of God that man will see was God resting. To demonstrate to man that this is how to live. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. But today, we have people who are saying, I'm building a business. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. So I cannot rest. I can't do anything. See, the moment you cannot rest because of making money, money has become your God. You are not better than the slaves in Egypt where they had to work perpetually. Secondly, if you can do anything, if you can do anything to get money, money is your God. You know, there's a saying that says everyone has a price. That worked for Judas because he sold his soul. If your soul is not has not been sold to the devil, it means you don't have a price. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying today. Yeah. You know, that's some men, rich men, they believe. If you tell them, my spouse does not cheat on me, or anything like that, they say it's a joke. Yeah. There's no woman that doesn't have a price. That's the kingdom of this world. But when any man is in Christ, a new creature, yeah. I don't have a price. You can't buy me. Yeah. You can't buy me. I've encountered people in my pastoring life who has tried to buy me, buy, you know, <laughs> you know, people, I mean, I love it when people bless me, give me stuff, but what's your motive? Is it because you want to stifle my voice so that there's some things I cannot preach about again? Are you the one that called me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because one day I was standing before my God the one who called me. You can't give me a gift and because of that I cannot confront you when you are doing the wrong thing. Your gift perish with you. Yeah. We have to be disciples indeed. Not Judas's. But people like Peter who when it comes to the issue of money they mastered it. They are not perfect but they will not yield to mammon. So if you can do anything to get money, money is your God. Because some people are still lying to get money. Yeah. Some people are still doing all kinds of things because of money. And when you dig into the root of this misbehavior, it's money, money, money. It means that money is your God. Lastly today, 
please put, put that last, last uh, slide on the screen. No, 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 not that one. Yeah, thank you. I just want you to go with this. The four M's of mastering money. We have taught so many messages on making money. Two Wednesdays ago, we had a, like a colloquium here on building enduring wealth. It's all available on YouTube. We preach so many series in time past. If you get on our YouTube page, that you see either about making money, managing money. This Wednesday will be another teaching on that, around wealth creation. To master money, apart from dealing with the emotions that we have discussed this morning, you also need to be willing to do the more practical work of learning how to make money, how to manage money, planning your finances, creating a budget, you know, all those things, how to multiply money through multiple streams of income and all that without killing yourself, enjoying grace and favor to do it, and how to maximize money by sending it on errand so that money is not the one sending you all over the place. When it comes to you, you can send it to the right places. Jesus said, lay up treasure in heaven. Send it ahead. How do you send it ahead? He said, fix things around you. Help the poor. Build a kingdom. Yeah. Send it ahead to the place where moth and rust does not corrupt. Yeah. That's how to maximize money. Then it becomes a tool for the fulfillment of your destiny and your calling. What has God called you to do? Money is an enabler. It's not your God. It's what opens that up for you. So that before you go to God, you see your destiny fulfilled because you use money well. Yeah. You see people who have fulfilled destiny because your money flowed to them. People's career, that, I mean businesses that are a blessing because you resource them. Yeah. Kingdom of God growing. Churches being planted. Missions all over the place. Planting churches all around the world. People are getting saved. Because you sent your money on errand. Yeah. Because you're not sitting on them. Because some people's sense of security depends on their bank account. When it is running low, they no longer feel secure. They become desperate. Our sense of security is tied to God, not what we possess right now. Yeah. Not what we possess right now. Glory be to Jesus. I said, glory be to Jesus. Are you blessed today? I said, are you blessed today? Glory to God. Lift your two hands to Jesus. Stand on your feet, everybody. Stand on your feet, everybody. We say one or two words of prayer. And we start to wrap this up finally. Lift your two hands to Jesus right now and just bless him. Bless him. Everyone online, please go ahead and do the same. Go ahead and do the same. We pledge our allegiance to God one more time today before we bring this service to a close. We call him Jaira, the God that is more than enough. And we tell him that we will be content in every circumstance. We will not allow desperation or greed or covetousness or worry to trap us away from our God. Glory be to Jesus. It's on the screen, please.
Jesus and just worship him and just bless him. It's a prayer of surrender. and your principles. All that I need, I can possess without worry and anxiety. All that I need, I can have without greed, without covetousness, without jealousy. All that I need, I can have without corruption. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. In one word of prayer, anyone here who needs to repent right now, you know that the consequences of some of your actions will be very dire, if not for the mercy of God. The mercy of God is flowing here right now. Now I need you to lift your two hands to Jesus. Somebody, you need to pray that prayer. Every bad seed that I've sown, in any way that I've come against the values of the kingdom of God in pursuit of money. Lord, I receive your mercy right now. I receive your mercy right now. I receive your mercy. Let that be the prayer of your heart right now. Let that be the prayer of your heart right now. Somebody who may be saying, I know that I know that I overstepped my bounds just because of money in that deal. I told a lie to be able to 
you know, get something. This is the time for you to say, Father, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. The Bible says the mercy of God triumphs over judgment. James 2 and verse 13. The mercy of God triumphs over judgment. I want you to lift your voice right now and just, just, just speak to him. Just speak to him. Just speak to him. And as you speak right now, I declare that curses are reversed. In the name of Jesus. Effect of bad actions are reversed. By a stroke and a prerogative of mercy. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Lastly today, lift your two hands to him and ask him. First Peter 5, 6 and 7. Say, casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Somebody, there may be a bill that you need to pay. A deadline. Something that is not you know, connecting. But will you tell him right now, Father, I trust you and I refuse to worry. So receive grace to overcome greed, covetousness, desperation, love of money, anxiety, and worry. Will you just receive that grace right now? Say, Father, I receive grace to overcome desperation. I will not do just anything for money. No, I will not. 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 I will be circumspect in my financial disposition. I will be circumspect. Let that be the prayer of your heart. Receive grace to work with God financially. Receive grace to accept him again as your shepherd. Receive grace. Receive grace to overcome greed. To overcome covetousness, overcome anxiety and desperation. Thank you, everlasting Father. Lift your two hands with me, everyone, under the influence of my voice. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray your peace over your sons and your daughters present here. And we decree and declare right now over everyone online, the hold of the spirit of greed is broken over our lives. We break the hold of desperation in the name of Jesus. Our lives will no longer be run by the principles of this world. The hold of covetousness is broken. Worry and anxiety comes to an end. In the name of Jesus. As you leave this service, may the peace of God cover you. May his favor be upon you. May his hand shield you. In the name of Jesus. May nothing die in your hand again. In the name of Jesus. May things grow in your hand. May your faith not fail again. May worry and anxiety not destroy your health. In the name of Jesus Christ, may God reveal himself to you afresh as the God who supplies. May you know him as your shepherd. In the name of Jesus, I prophesy over you new testimonies of divine supply. Your steps are ordered. You will be at the right place at the right time. Time and chance will happen unto you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, you are favored. In the name of Jesus, favorable conditions, favorable outcomes, divine health from above. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Father, we thank you and we bless your holy name.
Somebody who is blessed today, put your hands together and celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Please let me have your seat. Have your seat. And everyone online, if you are blessed, go to the chat, go to the comment. Let us know that you are blessed. Let us know that you are blessed. And as you declare that you are blessed, the blessing of God rests upon you in Jesus' name. All right, as we bring the service to an end, I just want to say this one last prayer. With all that's bowed, and if you're online, please join the prayer as well. With all that's bowed, just for the privacy of the moment, I have just two minutes to do this. You're not sure that you're saved. We will not end this service without giving you an opportunity. Because we don't want to assume that everyone here has a vital connection with Christ. That everyone is saved. Maybe you said a prayer before, but you bastard into sin. This also gives an opportunity to rededicate your life to Jesus. Just one minute prayer, and your life can be radically transformed. Hope can be rekindled and restored. And Jesus will start to work in your life like never before from this moment. If you're right under the influence of my voice, whether in this room or online, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, or you gave your life to Christ before you backslid into sin, and you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, can I ask that you join this prayer by lifting up your right hand above your head, and I'm going to pray for you. Just remain where you are, lift your right hand above your head, I'm going to pray for you. It's just one prayer. You must never second-guess the issue of eternity. Don't second-guess eternity. Just lift your right hand above your head, and let me say a prayer with you. Let me say a prayer with you. You'll never be the same again. Whether you're on the gallery, under the gallery, on the main floor, just lift your right hand above your head. I want, to, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to submit my life to him. Yeah. I want to profess him again and rededicate my life to him as my Lord and personal Savior. I want to give you an opportunity right now. Right now. Right now. Just lift your right hand above your head. If you're online, go to the chat. Let us know you're making a decision to follow Jesus. Let us know you're making a decision to follow Jesus right now. You're dedicating your life to Jesus. You're giving your life to Jesus. If your hand is up, please stand by your chair right there so that I can recognize you and pray with you right where you are. Thank you for standing. If your hand is up, stand by your chair right there. Thank you for standing. Just stand, stand, stand. Thank you for standing. Thank you for standing. Stand by your chair right there. Just stand. Just remain where you are, but please stand. 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 Stand for Jesus today. He's your shepherd. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. The author of life and the author of salvation. That's the person you're standing for, not the pastor. It's Jesus. No man can save another, but Jesus laid down his life to save all of us. And if you're standing for him, please stand right now, but remain where you are and stand. And I'm gonna pray for you. Thank you for standing. Thank you for standing. If you're online, go to the chat. Let us know you're joining the prayer. Our ministers there will send a link uh, to the chat room or comment, and you can click on that link after now uh, to be able to connect with our ministers. If you're standing, can you say this prayer with me right now, right where you are? If you're online, please join the prayer as well. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I ask that you forgive me my sins and that you cleanse me from every unrighteousness. I plead for your mercy as I open up my heart to accept you as my Lord and my personal Savior. Come into my life. Fill my heart with your spirit. And give me a new beginning with you from this moment forward. I pledge my life to you to live for you the remaining days of my life. Surround me with your grace. And let the heavens open over my life in a new dimension. Thank you for accepting me as your child. I declare right now that I'm born again. I'm a child of God. Thank you, Father. 
In Jesus' name. If you just said a